What's up, everybody? I'm David Hain, and I'd like to welcome you to episode 40 of the A to D from Addict to Disciple podcast. If you'd like one-on-one counseling, or if you want to start or join an online group using the From A to D curriculum and podcasts, go to my website, www.fromatod.org, and click on the contact page, or leave me a message on Anchor. We'll get into this episode entitled, Waiting to Change, when we come back. Welcome back to this episode entitled, Waiting to Change. In this episode, I'll be talking about the stages of change as they were published by Prochansky and DiClemente back in 1995. I've utilized these stages for several decades now, working with addicts, working with families of addicts on interventions and knowing whether or not their loved one was ready to change, and also just working to to bring an understanding to other peer coaches and counselors working in addictions. The first stage of change, as it was outlined by Prochaski and DiClemente, is called pre-contemplation. At this point, the addict has no serious consideration of change. They may still be in denial. They may have tried to quit several times before and are not ready to try to change. The costs or negative consequences of addiction may be recognized, but they're not strong enough to motivate change. Too often, as we work with an addict, especially if it is a close friend or son or daughter, we find ourselves wanting them to be ready to change as soon as we talk to them. As a result, we're forcing our ideas and opinions on them. This results in many arguments and broken relationships as the addict stays in denial and slams the door behind them. Can you be that friend who says to the addict, I will always be there for you? Can you honestly say to an addict that they don't have to stop using to earn your love and friendship? Remember, stopping their use is not on their radar at this time of pre-contemplation. They are not contemplating or considering quitting any time in the next 6 to 12 months. So this is a time for listening and not telling. They may talk about feeling helpless and hopeless. They may talk about feeling like they'll always be an addict and there's no way out. Remember, this is not the time to fix those problems. The closest this discussion could get to quitting using would be to cast a vision of what it might look like to begin to think about recovery. Okay, you got the first stage. The second stage is called contemplation. At this point, the addict has begun to think about change, but is not committed to change or making a decision at this time. In pre-contemplation, the addict would have said, I don't have a problem. Here, in contemplation, the addict could say, I might have a problem. But 
Hesitation would win at the end of the day as the addict is simply thinking about change. They're not ready to take that step. As we work with an addict in the contemplation stage, we could view our role as motivational intervention. By this I mean your discussion would explore key aspects of the addict's thoughts about change. Your focus would be to help them more clearly identify their motivations to change. Don't focus on negative consequences, but steer them to see positive features. It's time to talk about the emotional aspects of making such a decision. We could ask questions like, how do you feel about starting recovery again? We could encourage the addict by pointing out the potential that we see in them to be successful in change. However, here are two key points that I don't want you to miss. First, if you confront the addict and try to force the issue, you will get resistance and they will completely shut down or walk away. Second, if you try to focus on the consequences of their continued use, they will probably fall into resignation and say, why am I even trying? I'm not going to be one who will make it. The third stage of change is called preparation. Now the addict has begun to commit to change. Small steps can be made in behavior changes and choices. Plans can be discussed as to options for treatment and the timing of when to begin treatment. Included in this discussion would be practical steps like making sure the addict has proper identification papers, discussing how treatment would be paid for, looking at things that may need to be done before treatment begins, such as contacting a probation or parole officer, looking at outstanding costs and fines. Where would the addict keep their stuff when they go to rehab? Now the addict has begun to agree that they need to change and to commit to that change. For me, this is the most important stage. Abraham Maslow once said, and I quote, one can choose to go back towards safety or forward towards growth. Growth must be chosen again and again. Fear must be overcome again and again. Shaw, you see, this step is a scary step for any addict or any of us, really, when we face a major change in our life. It involves leaving our comfort zone. It involves leaving our comforter that has provided an escape from our pain. Fergie, the lead singer of Black Eyed Peas, once said, it was the hardest boyfriend I've ever had to break up with. Listen to the words of the song Landslide by Stevie Nicks of Fleetwood Mac. She was singing about losing a love, but I'm using these lyrics here because Fergie said that her addiction was the hardest boyfriend she ever had to break up with. Here's the lyrics. Oh, mirror in the sky, what is love? Can the child within my heart rise above? Can I sail through the changing ocean tides? Can I handle the seasons of my life? Well, I've been afraid of changing. 
because I've built my life around you. But time makes you bolder. Even children get older. And I'm getting older too. You see, many addicts have built their life around their drug of choice. And they could sing just like Stevie Nicks, I've built my life around you. When they speak of heroin or crystal meth or alcohol or pornography. Addicts fully understand the fear of changing. And as they get older, they struggle to find the boldness to get clean and sober. It involves leaving the known behind and stepping forward into the unknown. The risk seems great, even greater than the potential reward. So one of the best ways that I've found to get ready for this risky step is to practice changing things that are part of your everyday normal so that you get comfortable with the idea of change. Here's some suggestions. Look at, do you always drive to work the same way? Then take a different route. Do you always walk the same way? Do you always shop for groceries at the same store? I know it will feel strange, but strange things will begin to feel okay, almost normal. So if you're walking, take a different path to walk. Take an extra block out of your way. Go to a different store and begin to get comfortable with small steps of change. As you get comfortable, you'll find that you're preparing yourself in this stage called preparation to tackle the big thing that you want to change. As you're changing small things, what can you learn about yourself? For starters, you can take note of how you handle change. What aspects of change are creating stress for you and what does the stress feel like? What aspects of change truly feel like more than you can handle? Why do they feel that way? Where can you turn to and who can you turn to to brainstorm ways to handle these things? What excites you about change? Are there aspects of this change that you really seem to be thriving in? What have you learned about yourself outside your comfort zone? Okay, now we're ready for the fourth stage of change, and that is to go from preparation to action. At this stage, treatment has begun, whether it is counseling, at a rehab, or through personal self-help programs, a key component of this action stage is the addict recognizing the need for help and asking for it. The decisions have been made as to clinical treatment, inpatient, or outpatient. If inpatient has been chosen, the length of residential stay can vary from one month to a year or more. The location for inpatient can also be key, whether it is in an urban or a rural setting, a large facility or a small facility. 
How much do you want the level of spirituality involved in the setting? Should your recovery include medical maintenance or abstinence? If outpatient has been chosen, the level of outpatient will also have been decided, as well as the type of group therapy to be involved, the use of professional counselors, sponsors, mentors, peer coaches, support system, the non-clinical aspects involving self-health activities should have also been looked at as alternatives. Things such as self-help books, online material, community support groups, church-run support groups, groups like AA and NA. All of these can be involved in the action phase. The fifth stage is called maintenance. Now the addict has a time of sobriety under their belt and is focused on lifestyle changes and transformed thinking patterns which will strengthen and reinforce their recovery. Decisions include how long to continue counseling, which community support groups to be involved in, commitment to a life coach, addiction coach, or peer coach. So the focus is on continuing care and establishing recovery management. Several locations around the world have begun to use these podcasts for personal growth in this maintenance phase. After these five phases, it can often be common to have a sixth stage, which is relapse. You see, often an addict will return to previous behavior and use of drugs or alcohol. It is important to quickly get back to the action stage of change before despair, hopelessness, and helplessness set in and the addict returns to pre-contemplation. In closing, I'd like to quote the words of a John Mayer song titled, Waiting on the World to Change. I want to encourage every listener that the means to rise above and beat your situation and circumstances is within you. Listen to these lyrics by John Mayer. Me and my friends were all misunderstood. They say we stand for nothing and there's no way we ever could. Now we see everything that's going wrong with the world and those who lead it. We just feel like we don't have the means to rise above and beat it. So we keep waiting, waiting on the world to change. We keep waiting, waiting on the world to change. It's hard to beat the system when we're standing at a distance. So we keep waiting, waiting on the world to change. I want to encourage all of my listeners today it's time to stop waiting on the world or the system to change and to take your step toward change. Thanks for listening to this episode of the A to D from Addict to Disciple podcast. If you'd like to support our work with people caught in the snare of addiction, hopelessness, or incarceration, Click on the support link in this episode's description. Your donation of any amount 
could change a life. Tune in Monday for our next episode. And as always, stay safe and stay strong. Thank you.